Yeah, I mean, if Florida State is going to roll out Brock Glenn with less dudes than they did when he had to play had against to play Louisville, Louisville, who you are not impressed with, who I am not impressed with, then I mean, this could be really bad. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can download the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or the Google Podcast Center. We're also on Instagram. The DMs are open at Wheel Route Podcast. I'm Logan Winehouse. I'm coming to you guys from lovely Stewart, Florida, uh, where it is Jordan. It is 58 degrees right now, so it's getting happy it's fall, getting chilly. It's winter, the peak peak winter conditions. Happy you know winter solstice a few days after to you and yours. Um, but I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm here. This is my flu game. I hope you're excited to uh, to bear to bear witness to this uh, playing under the weather tonight. But you know, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I'm I'm built different. So let's it's talk about college football. Who else is here? You have said it a thousand times, and I believe you every single time. <laughs> um, my name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we are currently at 37 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, if the Windows taskbar on my laptop is to be trusted. Sure. Um, I think it's pretty close. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. I hope everyone is enjoying their Toyota-thon experience this year. Um, happy, happy Toyota-thon to you and yours. Uh, I am pleased to report that after years of failed attempts and rejection emails, I have finally won a Virginia ABC lottery hey. event. Um, <coughs> secured, secured the bottle uh, last Mas- week. Masters is next. Yeah, Masters is next. We, we broke the seal, uh, so got a Got a bottle of E.H. Taylor barrel proof in my possession now. Uh, the Instagram DMs are open on my personal account okay. for um, trades, barters, haggles, things of that nature. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to sit on that one for a bit and, and see what happens. But, what is, is there a uh, an understanding of what the, the going upscale rate is, or are we not at liberty to discuss? So I... Won the lottery, so I was fortunate enough to pay retail for it, which was uh, 80 bucks, I think. I think I have seen yeah. secondary market prices in the 400 range. Okay. Um, so a little 5X ROI wouldn't be bad. But, correct. Uh, <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Very good. Well, congratulations. I'm happy for you. A, a yeah. Christmas miracle. Look at that. In some ways, it sure was. How does the process work with you just are on the website and you just enter? Is it like a... Yeah, so they will email the email list kind of a month ahead of time and say there's an entry period opening on these dates and then you set a phone reminder so you don't forget like I sometimes do. Sure. Um, Go in, enter the personal info, and then they draw it like a couple weeks later and send out email notifications 
regardless if you won or lost. And oh, well, that's nice. At least so, you get at least you get something. Yeah, much like the Masters, you 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 are notified. The crush will get an be. email. Right. It likely won't be the one you're hoping for. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of which, are you are you sipping on anything potent this evening? Uh, no, just a big ice water. I realized I have to make the grocery run tonight and get some almond milk for my breakfast tomorrow morning. Oh. Um, so going to keep it on the straight and narrow until I procure the almond milk. Wow, a little, little late night. You're going to head over to the Harrisonburg's Crossings, Duke around. I, I mean, it could be Crossings. It could be the Martins. <laughs> it, it could be way on out to Kroger. The opportunities <laughs> are endless. Do you remember the rack and sack that used to be in Harrisonburg? Did you guys ever yeah. go to the rack and sack? Was that uh, was that in the now Sharp Shopper location? No. Well, assuming that Sharp Shopper is in the same place that it used to be, um, I doubt the Sharp Shopper has moved. But the the rack and sack was like up on the hill, like by the mall somewhere. Okay. It was like in that in that direction, like probably not too far from. Anyhow, I just remember that was like some sort of looking back at that. That was like a like some sort of bastardized Costco slash Aldi situation. I remember we would go there, and it was just like it's crazy. They don't have bags. Like you put your own stuff in, but it like yeah, had the feel of, kind of like a, in some ways, like a like a Costco situation. So anyhow, all right. Well, almond milk, eh? Yeah, overnight oats. Fair enough. Um, cool. All right. Well. Days, Jordan. Merry Christmas and uh, and all that. Any news and notes to report from the field? No. Had a uh, had a lovely all the siblings and the parents and the spouses together at one time in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, right. Last Thursday was was a joyous evening. Did the gift exchange then? So pretty chill, like actual Christmas day. Um, still went <laughs> over the parents' house at you know during the evening, but. Uh, it's been a nice week off of work. Thank the Lord for that. Yeah, um, been been sleeping in past seven some mornings, which has been nice. So, they, are you PTO in it, or they got you guys off? No, the the company is closed. Sweet, love that. So. Love that for you. I had the two super sad days of work this week on a on the Thursday, straight mm. off a of, straight off a of plane, just back into assassin people via email, yeah. which I you know, come on. Now I'm already starting to brace myself for all of the fires that are going to pop up sure. on January 2nd, but that can wait till next year. Bingo. Love that. Um, we should point out Jason's not with us tonight, uh, attending to some family, uh, some family stuff this evening. So we miss him and uh, look forward to him returning to the pod. So yes, indeed. Um, but I'm sure he wishes everybody a happy holidays. We have, we have heard from the big lug. He, he has entered his picks. He's firing them off. He's ready to go. So he's got uh, his finger on the pulse. Absolutely. Uh, Jordan and I spent some time in South Texas, lovely South Texas, uh, for Christmas. Um, Corpus Christi, to be exact. It was nice. We had a nice time. Good to see sort of that whole family. So it's, uh, I guess, my mom, sister, and her husband, and my cousins. Uh, and, you know, Sydney, my one cousin, is married now. So we got to see Sam and Sydney and, uh, and my cousin was there so it was nice it was good to see everybody in one spot for not just like a you know half of a day for a wedding or something like that so yeah uh had a really good time shout out to the parents hooking it up on the uh, uh we had a, a nice airbnb at the end unit of this like uh, kind of cool condo situation sort of like a townhouse situation um but the end unit like closest to the beach i'm talking Ooh. eight iron into the ocean you know it's beautiful 
I mean, I, I crushed my eight iron. Your so. sand game? <laughs> I, I did not. Although, uh, David Whitehouse did get a, a new uh, Avoki wedge for Christmas and could have oh. practiced the sand game, but he was taking divots out of the front yard in the in the uh, St. Augustine grass, I think. So. David Whitehouse with new grooves is is a dangerous... <laughs> new groove dangerous Dave, that's animal. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, uh, he, he, he decided he needed a 54-degree wedge, so... Oh. He's got that... Got the, he got the black one, too, though. So. Love the jet black finish. Yes. Yeah, he's... Uh, you know, he's taking some strides here. So, you know, the short game is coming around for him. Uh, he'll be, he'll have it dialed here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, obviously, got to see super fan of the podcast, Connor Whitehouse and his lovely bride. Um, and, uh, you know, the spawn was just the star of the show. The bell of the ball, if you will, just running around. And they tend to be. Um, he's, I've, I've maybe have been over this with you. He's obsessed with traffic cones right That's now. It's right. a big thing for him. So he's, he has this little, like, it's like a pad that you draw on. And then you hit like a button and it'll erase everything that was drawn on the pad. I don't know how, I don't know the technology. 2023 etch a sketch. Yes, but like you draw with a pen, but yes. Um, Right. right. So there's some sort of like magnet, yeah, some sort of magnet situation. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, he he, he just basically takes it up to person by person and asks them to draw, and I quote, a big cone. He wants people to draw a big cone uh, on the thing. So you get a lot of different interpretations of the big cone. You know, some people get bold, go 3D with the cone, which is always fun to see if you can remember your your art skills. Um, getting good at drawing you put cones. together a coffee table book. Of big cones? And, uh, get get uh, River some publishing royalties. Yeah. Just like everybody's different take on a big cone. That's a good idea. We could pepper in some pictures of him sleeping in weird angles uh, yeah. on the uh, on the plane and other places where he falls asleep. So I think for pure, pure sales purposes, you got to make them separate. Books. That's probably true. So move more units. More units. <laughs> more units. See, this is this is good info. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, everybody got sick. However, classic. Get everybody together. Everybody got sick. Some people were struck down with some sort of mysterious twenty-four hour stomach bug. Other people, myself included, got a little bit of a cold going. So, um, you know, no good deed goes unpunished these days. It's true, unfortunately. Shout out to the Orlando airport, though, moving people through. Yeah, they they do that. Uh, we also uh, our way back, Jordan. Our, we were the lucky 25 people who were not supposed to get off the plane. Um, we flew through Birmingham. The plane landed in Birmingham. We were supposed to stay on while they boarded new people, I guess, and then uh, no continue on to Orlando. Yes. And uh, um, so there was a delay because there were, and I quote, too many planes over Orlando, which I always find laughable when the people who schedule this stuff like throw up their hands in dismay that there's just – that the, that all the flights they scheduled are just, you know. Too many irons in the fire. Too many irons in the fire. So – we were forced to deboard, uh, which was a bummer, but we did get back on. It's probably for the best. Uh, the Nino got to run around a little bit in the uh, airport, but um, the amount of so we we're in Birmingham, right? So the amount of just Bama dads that were loading their oh, families yeah. to go to Disney on that flight, just no no light left in their eyes. Um, all of them wearing like rowback polos and vests, of course. Uh, just Bama bangs, looking sharp. Good looking families, of course, uh, but it there was like. It was it was awesome. The people watching was tremendous. It was like a friggin' uh, Pike reunion or something. So you know, yeah, it's good to That's, see. Any flight into Orlando has just become like, oh, 
this is the Disney bus and we are, oh yeah, uh, you know, hangers on. Especially like the two, yeah, there's always a, the, a couple families that are just going for it a little too hard and there's like 10 people in their party and they're like all sitting sort of close to each other. Got the matching shirts already going, got the Disney Not unlike, ears. you know, seeing a, a youth group on a missions trip. Right, airport, right. right. Emily and I fought through that on our honeymoon to the Dominican Republic, you know, yeah. singing, the sh- the shouting, the taking the rock for Jesus, things like that. It was it was tough. It was a tough scene. So, um, But anyhow, I hope everybody's having fun at Disney World. It can only be magical this time of year when probably everybody has the same idea. Let's go there the week after Christmas. Yeah. So... Uh, You've been taking in any bowl games? Uh, not as much as I have historically. I think I've been kind of in saturated by the regular season, happy for a little pause uh, right. during the holidays. I did watch some today. Uh, watched the Clemson Tigers' fierce comeback against defensive coach Mike Stoops and his Kentucky Wildcats. That was a fun game. Uh, that was fourth quarter was very pointy. So, um, but yeah, ha- haven't been watching a ton. Virginia Tech, uh, shout out to them. They took care of business against Tulane. Another military bowl that looked absolutely miserable from a weather standpoint. Oh, God. That, yeah, that looked so bad. That was so bad the whole time, too. It was just pouring the whole game. <clears throat> but, uh, good for them. They did do the, the Gatorade bath. With with Coach Pride, despite him already being mm. absolutely drenched from, from he is board. he is such a Virginia Tech ball coach guy. Yeah. You, you gotta you do gotta hand it to Virginia Tech. They they really I think did a good job um, with at least fill, fitting the archetype for the type of gentleman that they want steering the program. Um, they look good. It would also appear that Virginia Tech has another one of those. <clears throat> quarterbacks who is not probably going to win the Heisman because the stats aren't going to be good enough, but is going to be like super annoying to play against because of like play extending abilities. And, you know, he'll probably still complete, you know, just over 50% of his pass. I think he threw, I mean, this was terrible weather. He ran for 176 in this game, but I think he threw for like 71 yards and it was just like not a great performance, but, um, Harkens back to Virginia Tech quarterbacks, <clears throat> excuse me, of old uh, that I think Logan used, Thomas. Used, that was, yeah, used to torment, used to sort of torment by. us yeah. uh, because like you could probably say objectively like these guys aren't that good, um, but also like they were like very specifically gifted at the kind of thing that you know nukes uh, like an underperforming Virginia defense or something like that, right? Which is extending the play, just making things go a little longer, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, Virginia Tech. I mean. Who knows how motivated people are to win the ACC, uh, but they could be poised to make a little jump here. We'll see. Yeah, I think I think they're certainly trending in the right direction. Um, and with this drones, to their credit, they don't seem to be like trying to force him into doing always traditional quarterback stuff. Like Correct. They're, yeah. They're calling plays based on his strengths which yes um you would think is not a high hurdle to clear but in college football uh sometimes that is right Tulane playing uh without their quarterback and without their coach so certainly a bit of a depleted Tulane team but um an impressive win especially to score that many points in the rain for sure uh West Virginia absolutely ran it up on North Carolina too so um I was surprised that uh, North Carolina stud quarterback recruit Connor Harrell 
looks the way he looks. Uh, that was a surprising name uh, to 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 see come across the timeline. But shout out to shout out to West Virginia. <clears throat> they probably of all the teams this year like slammed the door on this coach might get fired rumors. Um, yeah. Finished nine and four uh, and like appear to kind of maybe have it cooking a little bit. I mean, they have uh, a pretty good offense. They have a quarterback who appears. <laughs> I, I was, I was watching this quarterback, some of his antics before the game, uh, Jordan, I think we shared a tweet the other week about what was it? White boy, all, all manner of white boy, Wilden or something like that. It would appear that Mr. Garrett green uh, gets off some, some, some white boy Wilden from time to time, which I like to see, but uh, yeah, I mean, and then North Carolina, I mean, just classic chef's kiss, North Carolina here, eight and five, uh, when they a were like cherry on the top seven of and zero or something at one point, I feel like just not not great. But uh, oh well. Um, well, don't worry, because Max Johnson is on his way. Oh God, that's right. I don't know between Max Johnson and this Connor Harrell, that's going to be quite the it's going to be quite the battle, the pillow fight for, <laughs> for the QB one spot. Right, uh, Miami. Uh, you know, big step forward that the University of Miami Hurricanes took this year under Mario Cristobal's leadership. They won exactly one game more than they won last year, and they did make it to the elusive bowl game, and they lost to Rutgers. So, you know, you got to think that Mario's got the program headed in the right direction. I know they're they're riding high. Uh, you know, their their stud quarterback recruit came out, and uh, that dude is a tank, but did did not look great. Uh, but you know. Rutgers is good. They're seven and six. Also, they were plucky this year. What can you say? Um, we what did we see? A Miami punt get blocked, in which they had nine players nine. on the field. Nine players on the field. That's correct. So eight, eight non punters. Uh, that yeah. would put like five or six in the box. Hey, they got the long, the long snapper the and the punter on. Those are the important guys, right? So yeah. um, at least they didn't go out there without the long snapper. But no, I mean, I, I, I sort of kid. I just there were some very vocal Miami fans last year, sort of like making fun of Florida for making it to a bowl game and, and insisting that they would rather not play in a bowl game so they could, quote, focus on recruiting. Um just to make fun of Florida, just getting shelled by Oregon State, who actually ended up being kind of good. So, you know, I'll take some redemption in that. But anyhow, Miami versus Florida, week zero next year. It is going to be a, an anxiety bowl and a procedural disaster. I'm kind of excited uh, to see it all go down. I'm going to go ahead and put that one in the pick sheet on the 2024 tab. Let's go for it. Just, save myself. just to get the angst, just to get the angst of the hackles yep. up early. I wonder if we can get an early line on that. I think it is it at Florida. Ooh. Give me the Gators. Yeah, I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blindly taking the Gators. Blindly taking the Gators. We got it. Florida's got a new nutritionist, uh, you know, and a new strength coach. So yeah. In, and any, they've, they've got quarterback continuity with Graham Mertz. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, pinging around here, Arizona knocked off Oklahoma. Arizona, really good year, ten and three. Um, you know, I am fully prepared to move on to the Jedfish Florida Gators hive at any point next year. So, just go ahead. Um, that's another thing you can go ahead and if you want to put that in the notes for about October twenty uh, ninth next year, we'll we'll get that tweet. going. We'll get Jason the schedule. Tweet. Yeah, that would be good. Um, Oklahoma State took down Texas A and M. Texas A and M yet again goes seven and six or and or eight and four. That's the that is their lot in life. Um, I mean, their coach wasn't playing, and neither of their terrible quarterback options evidently were playing. Uh, 
So who played quarterback for Texas A&M in this game? Let's see. Not a clue. <laughs> High-speed internet. Max Johnson led the team in uh, passing, so that's pretty cool for, for the year. Okay. Not not in, not in this game. Although I have heard, apparently there have been some people who have been playing. Uh, it was a gentleman named M. Reed. Does not have a picture on... for 29 yards so oh so he's got the egg avi not, not a banner day for texas a&m um usc pounded louisville yeah it would, it would appear that usc is not playing quarterback at usc is not going to be an issue uh i mean i don't know i also think that louisville was fairly overvalued for much of this year um i think that's fair I think they had like I think they had a shiny win against Notre Dame in which they jumped all over Notre Dame. And it was a really good win. I also don't think Notre Dame was like an awesome complete football team this year either, right? So yep. you, know, you you can keep on peeling the onion, I suppose, with all these things, but for Lincoln can still get guys open. Fifteenth in the country, uh to me seems a bit high and I think people were trying to be generous to Florida State, frankly. Um, but that's Maybe a side a side quest. Uh, but yeah, the vibes are weird at USC, but this certainly will probably make some people feel better. Um, that you know, it would appear that they will be able to throw touchdown passes into the future until the NFL silly season really gets into full gear. And then you think Lincoln Riley is like? Do you think do you think he's on any NFL teams' radars? I I don't know if he's like a popular pick, but all it takes is one owner. That's like, true. Ooh, there's a shiny thing that I want. And I I mean I guess you could always do the like quarterback development. I've always had quarter my quarterbacks are always awesome and win the Heisman and and are top picks in the draft and play well, um, at least for a year or two, and then they just disappear into oblivion, which is weird. Then but, they get yeah they play well enough to get the big contract. And right. Yeah. Which which matters. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean. The Chargers need a new coach, right? Yes. There, there's some thought that uh, that might be a Belichick destination. Oof. Who is Belichick bringing to call plays? I don't know. Do you, would you oh, want... McDaniels is unemployed. Oh, God. <laughs> Brutal. Just get the band back together. Gross. Josh McDaniels I, could be... I, if I was... If I was... 11th time. I would not want that. I would not want that. I think... Well... I think it might be time for Bill Belichick to... Hang them up. Hang up the shacket. Yeah, I just think if you're like if you're the Chargers, you you have a quarterback who you are paying handsomely, uh, who is a good quarterback. Yes. And you have good skill players, you got good running back. It feels like they could easily fall into the window of well, we have a chance here, let's just go all in and go for broke. But um, you know, NFL owners, notoriously good decision makers. So I'm sure it'll work out for them. All right, moving along here. It looks like Jason Bean and Kansas really ran it up on UNLV. Although UNLV scored 36. So uh, good, good job. UNLV's coach, that is the gentleman who was Missouri's coach, right? 
God. Barry Odom? Barry Odom, right? Isn't that, isn't yep. he the coach? He was the defensive coordinator? Or was he? No, he was the coach. I think he was the coach, but he was also the defensive coordinator before that. He's elevated into coach after Pinkle left, I think. And then so he was the go. coach, and then he was Arkansas's defensive coordinator. That's correct. Yeah. Um, good job by Barry Odom at UNLV. I think there's always yeah. the thought that UNLV should probably be better than they are, uh, given sort of their location, access to talent, and um, just general, like the conference they play in and stuff like that. So good to yeah. see them maybe taking advantage of some of that. Uh, nine and five is a really good year <clears throat> for for the running ribs. And uh, Memphis, Iowa State was kind of fun this afternoon. Did you catch any of that? Memphis looked really I, good. I caught the tail end where Iowa State started making it interesting. Um, yeah. They had a two-point conversion attempt to cut it to eight, and that failed. Um, so after, at that point, it was kind of in hand. And Memphis, right. Memphis moved the ball well pretty much all game from what I could ascertain. Correct. Yeah, there were some pretty crappy... I mean, there's always some pretty people games, but I mean, we had like a 13 to nine app state Miami game. Was that the cure bowl? Yes. That was the avocados from Mexico cure bowl uh, that was played in that tropical storm um, in Orlando. That was ridiculous. And Notre Dame 40 to eight over Oregon state, Oregon state's uh, the, the quarterback for Oregon state was not having a good day. I'll say that. Was it was not DJU. DJU the quarterback or di- the different? No, DJU is taking visits. He's on the tour. He's getting flown okay. out like an IG model to different campuses. Uh, That's a good reference. Um, um, yeah, I think so. This probably would have been the kid who was a freshman, and they like inserted in into a couple of games for like a drive or two. Um, I remember those broadcasters during the regular season saying, "Oh, they're really excited about this kid." Um, but sounds like sounds like his first ride fully in the saddle didn't go great. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> unless that kid also transferred with Jonathan Smith leaving, and I and they played the QB three. And well, I it was kind of weird too because I think the new coach, the new guy who's going to be the head coach, was the defensive coordinator, but it appeared that he was not coordinating the defense during this game or coaching the game. He was like he was aside on recruiting. He, yeah, there you go. He was many Christo, um, many. Um, no, I think that's what up. they said on call on the, he was uh, focusing on recruiting. So he ball. like, couldn't like put the headset on and like do the same thing he'd done all year long. Yeah. Gotta, gotta hit the trail, brother. Interesting. Well, that was a weird, that was just a kind of a weird look, but I mean, he was at the game. He's just standing on the sideline, like watching everybody do his job that he was doing before. I, it was just an interesting look. It doesn't really maybe maybe he was uh, self-evaluating the the coaches who remain. That's a big that that you know that this screams Billy Napier. This is a Billy Napier move. You know Billy Napier does a lot of of uh, of self-evaluating and things of that nature. All right, um, I think that's about it for interesting bull results. We we actually mentioned a lot of them, but uh, yeah, Jason would probably want us to speak more to the success of the of the Sun Belt, America's favorite conference. But we don't have to do that. South Florida. Oh, we should mention South Florida's coach uh, just cutting a, a sweet promo after the Syrac- the thumping of Syracuse, forty five to nothing. Syracuse, the rare team who fired their coach and made a bowl game. Um, but uh, I, I, 
who is who is their coach? What's his last name? I'm losing it. I'm losing my mind. I, I'm okay. Really having a tough time. Um, Alex Golish is his name, and he uh, like after giving like a long thoughtful answer, just looked deep into the camera and said, "We really whooped that, didn't we?" And it was it was tremendous. Uh, I loved I loved it. I love a coach getting a chance. You know, uh, we all recall sweet uh former odu coach bobby wilder after the bahamas bowl that one year getting a little handsy uh get a little friendly big big moment so and yeah shout out to uh alex golesh for doing a pretty good job in his first year at south florida i don't that seemed to be a bit of like kind of a no year nowhere program seven and six nothing to sneeze at um again another one of those programs that like probably needs to take advantage of like people who slip through the cracks or, you know, transfers from the big three, big four, whatever you want to call it, schools in Florida and, and could probably make some hay doing that. And I think has before. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, keep that up. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right. That's all I got. Shall we pick some games? Yeah. Let's go to Pickville. Take, take me there. Uh, long time listeners. You guys know the deal. New listeners. Uh, we are picking games against the spread here. In this particular episode, we will be looking at the New Year's Six Bowls, which are the Cotton, the Peach, the Orange, the Fiesta, the Rose, and the Sugar. Um, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. Yeah, I, I won't finish that lyric because then I'll have to bleep, bleep it. But, uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Entertainment 720. Um, or no, sorry, that's Prestige Worldwide. I'm getting, I'm getting my conglomerates mixed up. Um, all right, we're starting with Cotton Bowl, which is taking place as we record. Um, picks are in. We we, te- we texted our picks. The line was Ohio State minus four and a half over Missouri. Uh, Jason and I both took the SEC team, and Logan has sided with the fraud Ryan Day. Uh, do we have a score update on this game? Uh, I'm sure we do. It is three to nothing, Ohio State. Okay. That is that is uh, breaking news at 8:47 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, December 29th. We'll keep a BDI on the uh, the happenings of the Cotton Bowl. <coughs> Ohio yeah. State uh, missing notably starting quarterback Kyle McCord, who has transferred to Syracuse. And, Correct. Uh, starting wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., who waited until like an hour before uh, game time to basically confirm that he had opted out. Um, he really seemed so, like he played it out on his whole status. Like, I mean, do we really think he's not going to the draft? I mean, what are we yeah, doing? It's, well, and some, I, I had a good chuckle because someone on ESPN said uh, he didn't want to announce it really early because he he didn't want to take the focus away from his team as they prepared for the ball. Ah, um, ah, yeah. Which, you know, makes absolutely zero sense because the majority of the discussion surrounding this game, as far as I've been concerned, is uh, is the best player on either of these rosters going to play? Um, we still don't know. So, <laughs> right. And then and the he, I feel like he did like a, a, a round of, of, there was a lot of like, man, I just love it here. And I don't know, I might come back. And, you know, we, we, we got that whole thing, which we also had with Caleb Williams earlier this year. <clears throat> I know it's kind of fun to say like, oh, they could make more money 
with NIL than they can in the first year in the NFL. But it's like your earning potential is still so much higher if you go to the NFL. So like, yeah. why would you like willfully not you also don't have to go to get, class? Yes, and and why would you not get one year closer to your actual big contract than you know and and just be like, oh well, I can make three point eight million dollars this year because Big Larry's Ford of Columbus, uh, you know, wants me to sign 15,000 footballs and you know show do 35 public appearances like i don't know that's kind of weird so <clears throat> anyhow uh yeah so i mean our analysis of the cotton bowl right uh, yeah i think ohio state is probably a more talented roster than missouri without even without these these folks missouri had a fine year but i you know i don't necessarily think that missouri is like uh do you think missouri is better than old miss I think I trust Missouri more than Ole Miss. Okay. I think if they played 10 times, there could be so many equally probable series outcomes there. Gotcha. I was having this thought exercise earlier because I was like, I mean, like Mizzou down to the wire with the Kansas State team that was like not great, like kind of got run out of the gym by LSU, um, pulled away from them. Um, should have lost to Florida. You know, they're, uh, they they should have covered against LSU and they threw a bad pick six. That's that right. Beat me. That's right. That there was, was that was a the that was a track meet. That was a track meet game. Some people will some people will will call any double digit loss a uh, run out of the gym situation. That's my bet. That's on me. Um okay. you weren't scarred by that. Track meet to early season LSU that was not that good. How about that? There you go. There there's That's the ref- there's the reframe we needed. So, some people called that the start of the Jaden Daniels that's true he did he did play well there so anyhow no shame in losing to lsu i suppose but you know probably should have lost to florida you know fourth and 17 and then a long field goal um let's just take a gander through their schedule you know i guess they kept it respectable against georgia it was 30 to 21 was the final they did beat kentucky pretty handily which is odd um barely beat memphis Barely beat Middle Tennessee State. I mean, like it's just not that impressive of, of a record. And we're we're going into the wayback machine now. Um, teams can get better, and I think Missouri certainly got better. And I I think I'm you know I think I trust Drinkwitz a little bit more now than I did like maybe last year. I think he was a guy that we maybe had like mentioned like if he doesn't kind of like do something, he might be in on on a warming seat. But I think he's fended that off pretty good. Also, yeah. he's very sassy. We love a sassy coach. He is. Uh, I saw him close his pregame hit uh, in the tunnel with um, M-I-Z, and then he walked off. With so, wait, wait, what was that? I'm sorry, I was so caught. He, he, uh, he got the pregame hit with whoever ESPN had right. in the tunnel, and, you know, Coach O did the Go Tigers. Yeah. And, uh, Drinkwitz apparently does just M-I-Z and then walks off hmm. in reference to, you know, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Right. Kind of lame, but I, I, you know, I appreciate the effort. Right. And the school spirit. Sure. Absolutely. So, all right. What do we have so next? That's the Cotton Bowl. That's right. uh, tomorrow, Saturday, when this episode will be visible to most of the general public, we have the Peach Bowl kicking at noon. This features uh, aforementioned yep. Ole Miss and the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State favored by four and a half points in this game. Um, Jason has texted in that he will be picking the Nittany Lions. I am going to go ahead and take Ole Miss in this. Um, 
again, I, I just said I trust uh, Missouri more than Ole Miss. However, um, I, I'm still not sold on Penn State as an offense. Um, I don't think Ole Miss's <coughs> defense is great, um, but I'm hoping they can do enough, maybe improve against the run a little bit. Um, Penn State's very good defense will also be without their coordinator, one Manny Diaz, who is now the czar of his own program That's right. in, uh, in North Carolina. That's the Duke Blue Devils, who picked up a transfer from uh, Texas's backup QB. So oh, yeah. looks like they will be replacing Riley Leonard with an able-bodied uh, thrower of the football, you know, without much skipping a beat. So I'm going to take Ole Miss. Um, give Lane, you know, a month of Cruton and uh, momentum from raiding the portal, doing pretty well there. It's uh, got time to cook up schemes, things sure. of that nature. Uh, Dart's playing in this, so uh, I'll take the ribs. Jordan, you talked me into it. Um, it seems like, I guess I, I'm struggling to come up with a reason why Penn State is favored by like more than two. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I, I just, um, frankly, like who, like what's so impressive about Penn State this year? They lost the two games that were big to them. And, and I guess they may have kept them closer. Defense is very good. Other uh, quarterbacks should be talented, but like they struggle at receiver. They struggle with any sort of explosive plays. And like, that's really what Ole Miss does well. And I think Ole Miss's defense has been like, slightly better than it was in years past. Uh, I don't know. I, I like, you know, I think there is, there is certainly an avenue here where like Lane Kiffin just kind of has been around and like, doing transfer portal stuff and recruiting and like, hasn't really been focused on this game because it's not a big deal, but I think it kind of should be a big deal for Ole Miss there. Yeah. You know, this is a, this is a, a NY six game. They, they should be, you know, uh, considering themselves like, you know, Texas and probably is going to need a, a year or two to kind of like get their footing. Like this is an opportunity for Ole Miss to try to stay up, stay ahead of Auburn, stay ahead of schools like that. Um, Eat a big it, brand. That, yeah, that if, if Lane is like serious, which is a big if, um, then Ole Miss should win this. Yeah, I, I will say, so <laughs> looking at our guy, uh, Parker Fleming's advanced stats preview for this, um, kind of big question mark is going to be Ole Miss's run defense, which uh, success rate for that bottom third, bottom fourth in the country um, Penn State's rush offense is kind of their bread and butter. Uh, that's that's where their better success and better players, frankly, are. Um, so I think if they like, if they are committed to yes, we will, we are willing to just run the ball. Um, I think they can they can pull away decently. Yeah, I I just don't know. Like, there's also the possibility that they see Ole Miss do the shiny stuff and they're like, oh, well, we got to match that energy. Right. Which would be a big no-no. So. Correct. We'll see. That is the Peach Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. That is... Uh, I, I like that off. as a matchup, though. Those are two teams that are, like, equally placed in their conference, which I guess is the point of these games. But uh, I I've, I will look forward to watching this at noon tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be a great lunchtime activity. Uh, at 4 p.m., we have the Orange Bowl, staying in the Citrus Bowl family. Um, 
the Georgia Bulldogs take on the depleted Florida State Seminoles. Uh, I think when this matchup was announced, people got excited about the potential of like, ooh, well, Florida State might have a point to prove and come out and, and give it their best. Um, they've had a lot of guys opt out, uh, hit the portal, things of that nature. So right. all that to say, uh, Georgia is favored by 20 in this. Um, and I'm going to take Georgia. Well, sorry, Logan, <laughs> you go ahead. Because, uh, it's your oh, game. I mean, 20 is a huge number, but Florida State is missing everybody. And they're going to be starting Brock Glenn at quarterback because Tate Rotomaker is in the portal. Keon Coleman is not playing. They've got defensive players that are out of there. Um, I think with Florida State, you're going to see <clears throat> sort of the the everybody sort of uh, lauded their portal approach throughout the year because that's how they gained a lot of their talented players, right? Um, Jared Verse, Keon Coleman, um, you know, certainly some of their bigger contributors. I don't think Verse is playing in this game. Uh, I may be wrong there, but um, I think the the sort of opposite side of the coin is, is going to come here too, where Tate Rodemaker, who is the quarterback, the second string quarterback, you know, potentially in line to start next year, if you think he's good enough, um, is seeing you bring in, DJU and all and Cam Ward and all other manner of quarterback transfer prospects for visits and sees that he probably is not going to play. So he he himself then enters the portal um, because he wants to go somewhere where he's thought of as you know a starter able to play. He and now Florida wanted. now Florida State is for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and now Florida State and I guess it's it's uh, Norvell's prerogative to get the best player to play quarterback for them, right? Like he has a yep. specific offense that demands like a skill set from his quarterback when they're at their best that I don't think Tate Rodemaker has based on what I've seen. Um, so it's kind of like if they want someone a little bit more athletic and a little, you know, a little bit, I don't want to say able to do the Jordan Travis stuff. Cause I don't know that a lot of people can do that, but you know, <clears throat> someone who's just a little bit more athletic than, than, you know, this could be how it goes, but this is also where you're going to get like, this is kind of a, it's not going to look good for Florida state. Right. You know, they, they, they got screwed. Um, I think we all kind of agree that they probably from a fairness standpoint got screwed. Uh, but you know, they are, there's a good chance they know show this game, Georgia. I don't think has had a ton of portal entries or people opting out of this bowl game that I'm aware of. I think they may have an offensive lineman down. I don't think, uh, Big Brock is going to play, but other than that, um, you know, their quarterback announced he was coming back, and you know, I, I, I think that I think Georgia should probably have their way with Florida State here. Um, Twenty just seems like a huge number, but I guess I'll begrudgingly go Georgia. Just kind of run away and hide. Yeah, uh, Jason is also taking Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia to make it our first consensus Ooh. of the New Year's Six. Um, yeah, the two deep for Florida State, not not very densely populated with contributors from the regular season. Um, so on the one hand, you got young guys who have been waiting for their chance. Um, yeah. Kind of a tough break that their chance is going to come against a Georgia team who has the taste of a loss to Alabama that cost them a chance of a three-peat in their mouth. Um, probably want to go out on a better note 
than that. So I imagine Georgia will be <coughs> relatively keyed up to, to end on a positive note. Um, so I'll take the Bulldogs. Kirby does a pretty good job of having his team ready to play at all times. Got to yeah. hand it. To, you do. You do. In fact, got to hand it to him. Uh, yeah, sometimes you do. Uh, also, in terms of, do we really have to hand it to him? We moved to New Year's Day. <laughs> this is not a playoff contest, but it is taking place. Kicking off at 1 p.m. Eastern. This is the Fiesta Bowl. Featuring the Flames of Liberty University taking on the Oregon Ducks. Uh, the Ducks, the, the Nike guinea pigs, taking on 16 and a half point of favorite cushion. Um, Jason has texted in that he would like to take the Ducks here. I'm also going to take Oregon. Um, I know, like, Liberty put up points, and they went undefeated this year. They did it against the worst or weakest schedule in the country. Um, you can only play who's in front of you. I get it. Um, but right. we've got a similar kind of situation as maybe Georgia of Oregon's last experience on the field is losing a conference championship that would have put them into the playoff. Um they, I would imagine, are going to be motivated to end on a better note. Um, Dan Lanning, you know, has has that dog in him when when it comes to uh, winning games convincingly. Um, I'm reminded of the game against Colorado in which he wanted to leave no doubt, and they certainly did that. So I would imagine with the amount of time they've had to prepare for Liberty's schemes, things of that nature. Um, the defense should be ready. Uh, Bo Nix is playing in this. Uh, they are gonna be without one of their top wide receivers who opted out, but um, I like Oregon from a roster and a coaching and a schematic standpoint all across the board. I mean, I certainly like Oregon from a roster and a coaching standpoint, but um, I'll take Liberty to cover the big spread here. Why not? There's always one of these like bowl games that has a surprising something that happens. I think last year Tulane beat USC in in the Sugar Bowl, right? Um, uh, and Tulane is better than Liberty. Certainly, I'm, I am no I'm not here to uh, espouse on the virtues of Liberty, the institution or the football team, but I think there's another version to the Oregon's last time on the field. They like had a bad loss. I don't think Nix is playing in this game, right? Um, I think he is. Oh, really? Okay. Well. I, I think I was thinking he wasn't, so maybe I should uh, maybe I should rethink. But we're gonna we're gonna let it ride with Liberty. So um, yeah, I just like I, I could see like f flat quarter or two of Oregon leading to Liberty being able to cover is basically what I'm banking on here. Um, Liberty does a little bit of uh, I like Liberty's offense. <clears throat> like the way they use the quarterback. I like the way that they put pressure on the defense, much in the same way that I like what Oregon does. Oregon could score every time they touch the ball. So if they do that, then there's no way that Liberty is covering. But um, I don't know. I think I, I could see, you know, Oregon coming out a little bit flat in these games, and it seems more likely than Georgia. That's fair. Uh, I did a quick Google search to confirm Mr. Bo Nix is playing. Wow, he loves the game. Exactly. That's great. Um. Before we move on from this, uh, I, I did observe 
Again, shout out to Parker Fleming at Statso War on Twitter. His preview has the margin of this game at 28 points. So, oof. I'm yeah, gonna, I mean, I, I have I, to find an alternate spread with I can plus see that. odds to, to really get nasty with. The um, this is on New Year's Day. Yeah, this is the 1 p.m. kick. The okay. hors d'oeuvres before we. There's the been some like unverified scuttlebutt that Florida may be targeting Liberty. Offensive coordinator Willie Korn uh, for Ooh. a similar role in the staff. So I'm wondering if like it could be one of those like breaks at halftime that Willie Korn is, is going to be the new OC at Florida or, or whatever. It seems like Florida's uh, staff changes on the offensive side of the ball are certainly waiting on something. Um, so I don't know if that means they're Good waiting point. on somebody who is playing uh, or involved in some uh, some of these games. So who knows? Anyhow. Or maybe we're not making any, and we're gonna roll the ball back out there with with uh, Billy and the boys. So, but it's fun to have that possibility at least Correct. until New Year's. Of yes, like, we're waiting for something. Right, we're waiting for some shoes to drop. Absolutely, some whistles to be blown. All right, so those are the four that don't have national championship implications. We now take it to the evening of New Year's Day, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We are kicking off the Rose Bowl. This is our first. CFP semifinal. It features your one seed Michigan Wolverines against your four seed Alabama Crimson Tide. The Wolverines, led by Jim Harbaugh, once again. Um, he's back. As far as we know, yes. he's back in a big way. Um, they're favored by one and a half. Uh, this line has still not flipped. Um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, this would be. Jason's turn in the rotation. Uh, no, it would be my turn in the rotation. I'm going to take Alabama. Um, Michigan and Harbaugh do not have a great postseason track record uh, as as well as they've done right. regular season-wise for whatever. They're doing stuff differently this year, Jordan. They're tackling less at practice, you know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, I just look at, like, okay, Coaching, I trust Saban more than Jim Harbaugh. Um, quarterback, I like Alabama's quarterback more. I also don't think Michigan has faced anything similar to the Jalen Milroe experience this year. Um, so that gives me a little more pause in trusting their defense um, <coughs> to do things as efficiently as they have done them throughout this year. Um, yeah, I just think Alabama presents different challenges than Michigan has really seen. Um, so I'm going to take Bama. I already have a bullet or two on them money line. Um, so come on, Santa Claus. Do, do me nice. Um, but yeah, I'll take Bama for getting points. That's that's a pretty simple decision for me. Yeah, yeah, that's very simple. I like Alabama too. Um, McCarthy has not played great in the last five games uh, where they face some of their stiffest competition. Alabama is going to bring probably the most disruptive defense that they've faced uh, so far this year. And yeah, I just, uh, I kind of, you know, Alabama has done essentially the opposite of what Michigan does has done down the stretch. I saw today, like Alabama averaged like 30 points a game for their first six games in the last six, they've averaged 42. Um, and, you know, 100 more yards per game and you know they're just like they're 
yards per play has been up, and I think that's all a credit to the development of, of Milrow. He's been really good, and you know, giving Alabama <clears throat> a team as talented as Alabama in general uh, a quarterback weapon like that that can take off and run um, with that kind of effect uh, is going to be tough for a Michigan defense that is very good and very disciplined, but I think also they are very much a follow the rules defense. And I think sometimes the follow the rules defense can get taken advantage of by uh, an, an explosive, like athletic quarterback. Yep. Uh, Jason has also taken Bama. So we have two consents. I picks. Yeah. Uh, we love the SEC. We respect them, but uh, not more than other conferences. So it's true. Please. We love the Sun Belt mostly. Yeah, mostly the Sun Belt and the Conference of Champions, the ACC. Um, yeah, I think the one kind of matchup I'll be looking at in this game um, and the next game, spoiler alert, but uh, Alabama's rush defense against Michigan, Blake Corum, all those dudes running the ball. Uh, this is not the Alabama dominant run defense of years past. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they're decent, but not necessarily like a stalwart rush defense. Um, yeah. They did, however, stop up Georgia's ability to run the ball pretty well. So I'm wondering, was that, was that a, a trend that continues or um, was that maybe a Georgia specific thing? So we'll see. Uh, the next semifinal will kick at 8.45 p.m. Allegedly, more than likely, it will kick about 15 minutes after uh, Bama Michigan finishes. Um, shout out to the, to the brands and sponsors. That's right. Um, we've got Texas. We've got Washington. A real Sark Bowl in some ways. Um, Sark was, was once upon a time at the helm of the Washington Huskies program. Um, but yeah, Texas is favored in this game by four points. And Logan gets to start. I like Washington. Um, Texas has been, I, I think, uneven this year. They have certainly come up in some big moments. Went over Alabama. At Alabama, it's nothing to sneeze at. So uh, I am, you know, hand up there. Uh, but Washington is like, answered the bell every game this year. Maybe we could do the, like, are they this year's TCU thing? Sure. Maybe if they are, then that means they'll win this one. But I think Washington's ability to, first of all, have gotten healthy really helps them out. They were very nicked up. And I think that contributed to some of their uneven play during the season, but Phoenix is really great. Their receivers are awesome. Um, we've seen Texas give up some big pass plays this year uh, to Alabama. And I think they could give up some big pass plays to Washington. Washington is insistent upon throwing the ball 20 plus yards downfield. That's like a big part of their offense. And I think that helps them uh, open up their run game. And, you know, Texas, I think has probably, if, if Texas is going to win and cover, they need to like play to their advantage along the lines of scrimmage. And um, Sark needs to not like, get too cute with it uh which i don't think that he necessarily does anymore when when he's in his bag calm plays there's few that are better than him but there are times where sometimes you're kind of like okay man like let's maybe do something that we know like we have an advantage of doing so i think i like the quarterback for washington more than I like yours i think i like washington's receivers um maybe it's a strength on strength game and 
uh, or a, a relative strength on weakness game in both directions, and, and we're going to find out which offense is better, and I think Washington's is. All right. Uh, our resident Longhorn supporter, Jason Kreck, is siding with Burnt Orange and Sark Sunglasses, so we are moving away from the consensus in this one. Thank God. I am also going to take Washington. Um, Logan, I think the point about time to get healthy and rested is very important. Washington, um, Penix, if if he is closer to full strength than he seemed to be towards the end of the year, I think that is huge. Um, they also, like, to their credit, Washington established the run in, in those games where uh, Penix was not at his best. Um, I think their offensive line was the unit that won whatever trophy that is for for the best unit the outland the trophy right outland. yeah shout out to mr outland um so they got a good line i i trust them to be able to run the ball if need be um i'm i'm hoping for a track meet in this one though i i will be taking the over for Ooh. entertainment purposes i think it's at 63 right now um, okay but yeah i'll take washington to cover I think they have the stronger receiver room, like you mentioned, Logan. And Kalen DeBoer, postseason aficionado. Like, the yeah. dude has won in the postseason at whatever level he has coached at. Um, this is Sark's kind of first time on the big whistle in, in a huge postseason uh, circumstance. So I don't really know what to expect from him or from Texas. Um, so I'll take the Huskies. I'm, so I'm, I'm more excited to watch of the two semifinals, and I'm, I'm interested in what your answer would be. I'm more excited to watch Alabama-Michigan, even though I think Texas-Washington is going to be more entertaining. Interesting. That might be a good way of looking at it. I just think that I am... I'm interested to see like how tough Washington can be, um, yeah. because I, I think there is a like I think Texas is well suited to make their transition to the SEC because they have excellent line of scrimmage size and and play and they've demonstrated that this year. But um, I also think that I mean, if you had told me that like four, five weeks ago Texas was playing Oregon. I probably would have liked Oregon over Texas and I and Washington is like beat Oregon twice in two very different ways. Right. You know, they've yeah. demonstrated like remarkable gumption and flexibility and, um, you know, whatever, whatever the sort of like, yeah, winner's attitude it factor thing is, they kind of seem to have it. And like, I don't know, maybe they'll come out and lose 37, nothing to Texas. I kind of doubt it, but it's just, uh, yeah, I think I'm just like I'm fascinated by the prospect of Washington because they got a like really good quarterback and really good receivers that I think can keep them in games if a track meet breaks out. But I've seen them play the other games too, um, and like grind games out and stuff, which I think is is interesting. Um, but yeah, you, you, you're probably right. Bama, Michigan might be more compelling from a like it. Well, I don't know. Yeah, Bama, Michigan might be more compelling because I I think there's just something. There's something we probably still don't trust quite about Alabama. And then there's also this like thing with Michigan. It's like, are they really that good? Because I, I think 
they have a lot hanging around the program, which is all kind of like BS. But like at the end of the day, they've been, they I mean, they've been excellent. But they, the way in which they are excellent, to me, is kind of boring. And I am curious if like a team can come along and like match them uh, in that regard. Like I think Ohio State tried to just be as boring as Michigan in that game, and Michigan was slightly less boring than Ohio State and, and, and won it, right? Ryan Day said, no, I can be more yeah, boring. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's what happened. But it's like, I mean, practically speaking, Ohio State and Michigan are the exact same team this yeah. year, and uh, and you could even make a case that Ohio State like has more upside than Michigan because they have much better like skill talent. Um, maybe they don't have as good a quarterback, but you know, so like, I, I think all these teams, like we have some questions that we can ask of them and some, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty cool playoff. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, for, for those interested, uh, the advanced stats previews for the semifinals, uh, our guy Parker has Michigan beating Alabama 25 and a half to 24. So exactly on the spread. Okay. Uh, which is rare to see, and then has Washington beating Texas effectively 32 to 31. So right on the total number, um, but a, a fair deviation from what the spread is in that one. So I'm seeing that uh, Ohio ball all weekend. It's going to oh, be great. Absolutely. I'm seeing Jordan, you know, breaking across the timeline that Ohio State QB, Devin Brown, is down with an apparent ankle injury on this play. This was his first career start. He is wearing number 33. Um, so that's well, a bummer. He had an ankle injury earlier in the uh, season. In the yeah. Season, yeah. Yeah. He was like their Tim Tebow battering ram guy and turned his ankle on a goal line play, I think. Dang. So I believe that game still is three to nothing. Still three to nothing. Grinding uh, along. PM Eastern, <clears throat> December 29th. It does not appear that uh, there's a lot going on offensively. Every time I look up, Missouri is punting and Ohio State is running for no yards uh, at their own 25. So I guess we'll see how it's it goes. It's going to be tough locking up that uh, Mizzou offense. Good for Ohio yeah. State. Luther Burden. Luther Burden and them boys. Chase Schroeder. That that dude. Watching that dude run the ball is fun. He, he's got some Isaiah – Isaac Isaiah Pacheco in him, like yeah. he just runs very like aggressively. There's, a, there's the ground, a lot, a lot going on. Yes, I've heard it described. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's well said. So, anyhow, all right, cool. Well, um, we will check in post playoff games, break it all down, have lots of takeaways. Um, is there any anything else that you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to bring forward to the fans? I don't think so. Um, so yeah, we'll probably do, I mean, we'll definitely do a, a, uh, summary of the new year six episode. We'll preview the, uh, national title game and then everybody can get excited for our, uh, our golf goals episode. Oh so, gosh. So well, we have to list, Logan. answer the, answer the bell for all of yeah, the Yeah, we're going to have to look in the mirror at 2023's, uh, goals and dreams see how we did and then we're gonna have to set new targets for ourselves get to play better really the key is playing better and to, nobody and, cares work harder right exactly so all right well thank you for joining us here at the wheel route podcast you can find us on the instagram at wheel route podcast at wheel route podcast excuse me you can send us emails to wheel route podcast at gmail.com you can go to the wheel and you can check 
the pics. You can see photos of us. You can stream the show there too. You can also get us from your favorite podcast service. Until we meet again, we love you guys. Go Gators. Go Hoos. And go Zombie Dukes. Go Zombie Dukes.